Welcome back to another episode of the wonderful The Art Studio ZSL podcast. Man, this podcast was supposed to be uploaded yesterday, but I kind of blew it. And then I saw my podcast numbers and I said, oh my God, I cannot let my beautiful souls off the hook. Again, you guys are going to be listening and hearing some great things that are going to be coming up in the new year. Um, I want to become more consistent in terms of three days a week and stuff like that because it's Christmas. And to be honest with you, this is the busiest uh, December I've had in my life. And these are the most students I've had in my life. And so because the word of mouth and because IG and I know where everyone is who comes in and listens to obviously my pot, uh, what is it? Listens to me and knows what I am. I kind of have diverted a lot of that attention to my Instagram now and in terms of TOEFL, right? But got to make sure I keep the interest and keep the beautiful audience and the wonderful people out there. Yes, all of you. That's right. Making sure I keep all of you guys interested. And today is another Business English Podcast. So let's dive in. Today's about promoting your ideas. So how important is it in whatever line of business you're in, to be able to present your ideas professionally. Do you enjoy giving presentations or do you generally try to avoid them? So again, these are obviously questions for you. And if you think and say, well, you know what? I try to avoid presentations. Why? Because of course, everyone, this is one of the greatest fears in the human psychic and all of humanity, presentations and speaking in front of people. Now, remember, I've been fortunate enough to build up this podcast to the point there are hundreds of millions of people who actually listen to me worldwide, and I'm just so grateful for that. And it has given me the ability to speak on stage quite easy, right? And so, again, given the fact that I've had to stand in front of 300 students at one time uh, in 2016, 80 employees at one of the biggest companies in this country, um, you know, uh, the other university students who needed to get things done in terms of, it, there were just so many instances, but because I started podcasting in 2016, I wouldn't say I was hundred percent like I am today, but at least I was preparing for that moment. And so remember, I told you that there was a trainer that I had and I told him, oh my God, I'm going to be standing in front of stage and my whole presentation is going to be recorded at the Bangkok Digital International Content Festival, whatever you call that, BIDC. Uh, and he said, but to be honest with you, it's just going to be just like a podcast. You've done this. And right when he said that, those words, it, put, it had put all my fear to rest. And so I'm very lucky because I do not have to promote myself because I have the four cores of credibility. You're going to be listening to that coming up real soon. And these four cores and knowing that, okay, the intent, the integrity, the capabilities and the results and what they produce I don't have to present my ideas to anyone, nor do I do teaching demos anymore. The last time, uh, one lady, as a matter of fact, almost three years ago, uh, coming up in January, literally next month, in a couple of weeks. And I remember she told me, she was like, oh, uh, you know, can you come over here and, you know, do a teaching demo? Are you willing to do a teaching demo? I'm like, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it's not, I'm not going to ask you the whole very braggadocious, do you know who I am? But no, if I was 26, 27, 28 years old, I'd be more than willing. But as a language center, I am not doing a goddamn thing. How about you go listen to me and watch what I do in my presentation skills on my podcast and YouTube? And then after that, don't ever contact me again. And they did. But I didn't say that. I was just saying to myself, what? And I had blocked them. And then they tried getting back in contact with me. 
at the end of 2021, I believe. And they were like, hey, are you still around? And I was like, I'm sorry, you do, you cannot afford me because after I told you, uh, after sending you presentations of what I had done in the past, to be honest with you, what is the point? No, 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 you cannot afford me. And I know exactly what type of teachers you are looking for nonetheless. And now that those specific types of teachers who have a specific complexion are not available anymore, oh, here you come crawling back to the the bad one, the one that you kind of shoved away at a party, a party, metaphorically speaking. No motherfucking thank you. That's not how it works. So in saying that, what is your biggest fear? What is your biggest fear? I have a student right now, Celeste from El Salvador, and she has a fear of taking tests, as a lot of people do. TOEFL, Gabriela from uh, the Dominican Republic, Dominicana Republica. She has a huge fear, too. She's like, I'm not really good at test taking. I said, okay, well, that's a good statement. Now I need a question, huh? What's the question? What do you mean? How can I execute my plan with confidence so I can overcome the testing woes? And so again, with presentations, everybody in the audience, I just pick spots. I pick spots for people who are engaged. And this is what happened back at BIDC. I had saw two people falling asleep, some Thai people falling asleep in the audience. And I'm like, okay, don't even worry about Arsenio. These are Thai folks. Okay, this, these are Thai folks. This is just how they are. But there was one guy that just kept shaking his head and nodding. So I have one guy over here to my right. I had someone else right here, straight down, centerpiece. And then I had someone over here to my left. And so those are the three areas I was focusing on. Can you imagine as a comic, do you know how difficult it is as a comic to present jokes and people who are just looking at you with stern faces and are not laughing? Do you know how demoralizing that is? Being a comic is by far the most difficult thing in the world because you're constantly looking at people who believe that you're not funny. And so again, what is your biggest fear? What is, and I love to, I always love from a personal development perspective, I always love to catastrophize my biggest fear. I love to catastrophize it. So again, one of my biggest fears, um, oh my goodness gracious, what is a big fear of mine? It's gotta be something in regards to an animal, specific animal, jellyfish? Oh my God, no, I went swimming. I went swimming. I did some snorkeling, saw some beautiful Nemos and stuff out there in the Similan Islands and stuff like that. That was pretty amazing. Uh, but there are some other fears. Snakes, so I had a boa constrictor over my head once just last year, but there's gotta be another fear that I have. But anyways, what I do with that fear, I always say, okay, what is the worst thing that could happen? So to you, if you're standing on stage in the next scene, what's the worst thing that could happen? You could pass out and fall down, but they still have to pay you. So what I have to do is I'm going to hurry up and, of course, press. Here we go. I am back. Nonetheless, I knew I heard like a doorbell ring and I had to hurry up and run downstairs. I, I Unfortunately, the, the, the grab taxi guy the, put the water outside, which was great. But then I dropped the water everywhere. It was terrible. Anyway, so with that being said, your biggest fear, catastrophize. Catastrophize. And again, when I looked at, there were probably two times this year where I had financial fears, but it was based on my content rhythm. It was based on me not posting four times a day on the social media platform that was working for me. And, you know, and not going live as often to give that value, 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 and then obviously get, you know, folks into the email. But 
there were times that I got very complacent. And then when I look back and I forgot when it was, it had to be like somewhere around early November, uh, just way too complacent, especially with the students I had. And next, you know, I kind of, <laughs> well, the first thing first, don't become heavily reliant on just one job. Make sure you create income from other sources. Uh, become very valuable. And it's all about giving value, right? And I should have done a couple of things in terms of where I was living at the time, like in terms of hurrying up and paying rent. And the next thing you know, I didn't have it. And then I'm like, oh my God, well, here goes all the problems that I have. And they just surfaced because of my lack of dot, 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 dot. And then it's funny because obviously a week, two weeks later, I'm like, oh, thank God for that. I got a couple of students. And then December, this is probably going to be the most successful month of the year. And that's saying something considering how massively massive September was, and especially March, April, and May. So, you know, again, when that happened, I'm like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? First and foremost, you have a fiance, she'll always back you up, but you're going to need, you're going to be, you're, you need to be a little bit more consistent, Arsenio. How about that? In terms of your content rhythm and not being complacent. And so I learned a lot from that. Also, you know, my, my, well, I wouldn't say fears, but things that obviously I had learned throughout the year is that, you know, Thailand is just not my market. Yes, I live here, but to be honest with you, with all the Thai students I had throughout this year, they were just all problematic. I had uh, two of the richest students I could ever imagine. Oh my God, her house was like of gold, no bullshit. Uh, but she, you know, it, it, she just kind of always left me off the hook and I hate that. It's kind of like, okay, uh, I'll contact you when I'm ready to study. I'm like, oh, that, that's not how it works. I'm saying it to myself. And I said, you know what? It's time for me to become permanently unavailable to people who are just not really consistent and disciplined enough. Yes, there were a couple of cancellations in here and there, and I totally understand that. But at the same token, I'm just like, um, uh, yeah, no. Also with a company, I had a, I walked into a company. It was the eighth time that I went there. And I was like, you know what? What is the worst that could happen? I'm going to walk the fuck out of here and never come back. And I did. Because to be honest with you, if you walk into a company and there are eight people and they all look at you and no one says hello, and then they come into your room, literally walk by you and say, and don't say hello, that type of attitude I dealt with seven years ago. And I just don't want to deal with that anymore because now that I'm 34, the relationships and the impact really matter to me. N nothing else does. It's the impact and the relationships and the beautiful souls that I have around me. They're very uplifting. They're joyous. They're enlightening. They're, there's a lot of things that go into a lot of the people. So again, I literally just put my fear to rest because there is no, and, and again, by doing that, I always say, well, what is the worst that could happen? And so what we're going to do, we're going to listen to five experienced presenters talking about the what still makes them nervous in terms of giving a presentation, okay? Now, this could be about the mind, the mouth, uh, someone's mic, the audience, everything. It could be a number of different things. So what I want you to do is listen for them. And of course, I'm going to be pausing them as I go on. So here we go. Three, two, one. Um, well, to tell you the truth, there's a part of me that's still scared I might just dry up completely. <laughs> I mean, you know, your mind goes completely blank. Makes me sweat just thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I have this nightmare where the audience has gone deadly quiet and everybody in the room's just staring at me and I haven't got a clue what to say next. It's only ever happened to me once, thank goodness. But I still lose sleep over it in case it ever happens again. 
And so this is one of the big things, because if you don't, and this is the power of visualization and self-actualization, literally rehearsing in your mind the events that are going to happen. And when you first start rehearsing these events, your blood pressure is going up. You see yourself freezing up. You see yourself like running a blank. A number of different things happen. But the more you do it, the more confidence you build. That's how powerful the mind is. You know, it's crazy. I don't know what it was today. As a matter of fact, I went into the, what is it? The business district. Uh, I went all the way out there because I had to get some wonderful Christmas presents. I think I did a fucking phenomenal job in terms of Christmas presents today uh, for my fiance. And, you know, while I was going there, I felt tingling and in my ring finger and my pinky finger on both of my hands. And it stemmed all the way down to the outer part of my arm. I was nervous, but for what? For no reason. And my mind created that. That's how incredible it is. Another thing is, you know, there are times that I have, uh, uh, I wouldn't say insomnia. Insomnia is more long-term, kind of like climate change. But there are times that I can't fall asleep until 11. And you want to know why? It's because of me. I feel like I want control to when I fall asleep. So when I close my eyes, I want to immediately go straight into sleep. It's not how it works, is it? And so because of that, I always ask myself, well, Arsenio, if you don't fall asleep, what's the worst that could happen? You're going to stay up forever? Then you're going to end up, <laughs> well, that's actually terrible, but you guys get here. So going back to rehearsing what you want to happen in your mind, because your mind is the creator of everything, that's what you have to do. This guy ends up having nightmares because it's such an overbearing fear that ultimately it's not part of its implicit memory. Uh, what is it? Uh, what is it? The explicit memory is part of the implicit memory, the subconscious mind. And a lot of people have this. I remember there was an Indian lady that I met probably uh, almost two years ago. And she ended up like, she could not, Every time the TOEFL test date came, about a week before, she would always vomit. That's her not having control over the situation. It's not the situation. It's her losing all her control. Self-control is unbelievably important, people. So with that being said, let's go into the next one. Two. Technology. Well, if anything can go wrong, it will. About a year ago, I had not one, but two projectors break down on me. And then my mic went funny as well. I sounded like Darth Vader out of Star Wars for about half an hour until they fixed it. Completely ruined my whole presentation, obviously. I went mad with the technicians afterwards. But what can you do? Exactly. What can you do? Again, catastrophize it. What's the worst that could happen? Is it your fault? No. Could you have been better prepared? Not you. Technicians, maybe. At the same time, like I said, shit does happen. There are times that my podcast doesn't go well, that I echo. There are times that a, a, a number of different things that could go wrong. You're having a backup plan, your plan B, your plan Z. You know, the last time I did a presentation workshop was probably about three years ago before the COVID break uh, shut down. And this was at a place, a company called Yokogawa. And when I went there, you know, what's the worst that could happen? My MacBook probably cannot hook up to it, cannot hook up to the projector. And so, all right, if it doesn't hook up, what's your plan B? Send the presentation to another laptop. 
But if that laptop doesn't work, send it to another laptop. Things will happen. If not, okay, let's just go. Page one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm prepared for that. Mentally prepared. But a lot of people just aren't, such as her. Let's keep it going. Three. I always seem to run out of time yes. and then have to rush the end of the talk or, even worse, run over schedule. Audiences hate that. I've had people tell me I over-prepare, but it doesn't seem to matter what I do. I always have at least 20 minutes too much material. So, for me, every talk's a race against the clock. Yeah, that's just, again, that's why you got to have cues. I don't know if you could put a timer on at the back of the room, whatever it may be, but you got to have cues. Like, okay, I'm going to stay here five minutes. I'm going to stay here five minutes. Like, what is it? The TED Talks. That was famous about what, seven, five, six, seven years ago? And I remember uh, a girl named Bria who I had interviewed a crazy story back on my uh, the Arsenio Buck show at the time, which is now the Arsenio Buck Perspective Podcast. And she did a TEDx. She did a 10X. And they're like, no, it must be 18 minutes. She had to train for it. And I'm like, first and foremost, no, you're not going to tell me how long my presentation is going to be. And two, I mean, like, and no, I'm not going to practice and rehearse it because it has to be this exact thing. If that's the case, I'm just going to build up my own platform and do my own thing. I remember I was so enthusiastic about doing a TEDx back in 2016 and 2017. I was going to talk about, obviously, the upbringing here in Thailand. And of course, because talking about things that I've overcome in Thailand, people, especially even at the brightest universities in Thailand, they don't want to hear that. It's not much of that at all. You know, uh, but now everyone has their own platform. You don't have to go on to other people's platforms, you know, and that's the beautiful thing about obviously influencing and, you know, Instagram and hashtags and all that other good stuff, right? And so, again, you know, if you don't have enough time, man, you got to reduce it, okay? 25-minute presentation, five minutes per slide. Luckily, I never have to deal with that, you know? But there are times, yes, Arsenio, have you ever had to give a presentation? You felt like you were talking too much? Yes, I have cues within me. And the cues are given by the, the nonverbal communication that I'm getting from the students. Basically, them fidgeting in their seats, maybe. Them looking away, looking at their phone, this, that. These are external cues that I pick up and say, okay, all right, so here we go. What we're going to do this up. And I hurry up and jump right into it. And then they hurry up and get off their phones. The, that's... Those are the external cues that I get from my audience, right? When I end up seeing them get away from me a little bit. That's the obviously the important part. That's what you have to understand. But to be honest with you, man, a lot of people, they're just like, oh, well, you know, all right, I'm just going to keep talking and I'm just going to, you know, look at my audience, but not really pay attention. I'm just going to keep going on with my work. And to be honest with you, it keeps going blah, 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 blah. And this is probably what happens with him. Let's keep it going. So, well, some people, older people especially, have told me that I move around too much when I speak in public. You know, that I pace up and down and wave my arms about. They say it's distracting. They can't concentrate on what I'm saying. But for me, as an Italian, you know, it's quite normal for us to jump around be rather dramatic. Absolutely. So now I worry about trying to stand still. And that just makes me feel tense and uncomfortable. Yeah, to be honest with you, I tell those people to fucking kiss my ass. That's right. Fuck 
you kiss my motherfucking ass. No pun intended. I mean, to be honest with you, this is the exact same thing that happened to me in 2017 working for a company. They said, you use your arms too much. I said, fuck off. I'm literally in a country where I have to use my hands because you and your employees don't know what the fuck English is. So I'm using it for the benefit of you. And for this HR who graduated from University of California, Irvine, for her to say that, I didn't have control back then. This is when I was 29 years old, uh, working for a company that was just absolutely, we're talking top tier awful. And I was like, hold on, after what you just said to me, you could find yourself another teacher. You can kiss my motherfucking ass. And I was just irate about it. And it was crazy because she sat in just for five minutes to apparently observe and teach her. And I'm like, uh, okay, you could observe all you want. I didn't really think of anything of it, but apparently the most outlandish, absurd, preposterous comments you could ever imagine. He has too much personality. He uses his arms too much. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. And if you don't like it, you can fuck right off. Now, luckily, five years fast forward, me being 34 years old, it's much, much better. And I'm more in control of my assets. And guess what? I speak to the same people who use their arms, my beautiful Latinos. All of my students from El Salvador, Ecuador, Venezuela, Brazil, Bolivia, Mexico, Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Cuba, all of them are very expressive. No, I'm not going to take away my personality because you said maybe you should stop using your arms more. No. How about you find someone who's boring as fuck? Thank you for your time. And thanks for wasting my time. I'm sorry. I just, I don't play that bullshit. And, oh, Arsenio, and, and to be honest with you, I'm going to give you guys this story. I shouldn't. But, oh, my God. My fiance, I love her like I do my next breath. She is incredible. She's my rock. It, it, you know, it just sucks because I'm already stressing the point like in 50 years when one of us end up leaving the body of domain, what the fuck am I going to, it's going to be a, oh, that's why I never really want to get into a relationship because I'm always scared of what's going to happen when I'm 80 and 90. One or the other is going to leave. So anyways, her, oh my God. So mm, because it's almost Christmas, I got myself a nice little glass of red wine right over here. Now, because... And I mean, because I was offered to speak at BIBC again back in 2021. This is during the massive COVID shutdown. And it was huge, right? Because I'm like, oh man, okay. So speak for about 30 minutes, get X amount of money. Fantastic. But then I got a message from the main guy who invited me and the year before, Honestly, the year before it was online. The year before that, it was never a problem. I was just teaching people how they can use it. But then all of a sudden I heard from, I don't know who the fuck these motherfuckers were, but they said, oh, um, yeah, um, don't hard sell. I said, excuse me? Yeah, the, the, oh, the, the whatever, whoever this person is at BIBC says you were hard selling last time. I said, bro, I didn't sell anything. I had nothing to sell. You're not even, they're not even my audience. And so I talked to my 
ex about you know my oh, my ex oh my god my fiance about it and then we were sitting at one of our favorite restaurants that has since closed unfortunately and they told me to not hard sell she's like oh well maybe you mentioned your podcast i said but that's not hard sell she's like well to thai people it is i said let me get you this let, let, let me ask you this just a day after they brought on a massive streamer one of the big streamers out here in terms of video games in thailand he talked about his life. Is that hard selling? Oh, uh, uh, are they going to message him and say the same thing? Oh, uh, uh, I'm just asking. What goes for him must go, whatever goes for me must go for him. Don't talk about your fucking life, although they're asking you questions about your life. And I thought about it and I said, no, nah, I'm not doing this. And she was mad. She's like, no, you need to do it because during COVID, everything shut down and you need the money. And then like, man, up bunch, up next generation thinker. The money will come. Well, I don't give a damn about money. I care about the end. So it was a perfect, perfect way to hurry up and drop out of there with her approval. They sent me an email saying, oh, your presentation is no longer 30 minutes. It's an hour and a half. Which slot do you want? I said, no, Dr. Kong said it was 30 minutes. Okay, what? which one do you want? Which slot? I said, no, 30 minutes. They said again in the email, what slot do you want? And they were being serious. And I'm like, hey. And I thought about it without even consulting her. I said, Arsenio, what's your instinct telling you? <laughs> to tell them to fuck right off. Okay, Arsenio, no, don't tell them to fuck right off. But do it very professionally. I said, you know what? I've asked you two times in the last two emails that I'm only going to do a 30-minute presentation because it was said, not a two-hour, as you're saying. I just realized that it was an hour and a half. It was two hours. It wanted me to go up literally 75%. I don't know. I can't do math. Fuck it. I give up. Uh, you want me to give add on, a tech on an extra 300% of literally presentation because you don't know what the fuck you're doing? No, that's not how it works. And I say, you know what? To be honest with you, I'm not going to do a presentation anymore because you guys are totally out of whack. You have no idea what you're doing. And to be honest, that's just not how I work. So you can find someone else. That was the last time I ever spoke to him. And my fiance at the time, she didn't even realize it. I said, if you can watch, you check out these emails. And she looked at the email. She's like, oh, but I bet you it was perfect for you because it was the perfect excuse. I say, you so right. It was the perfect excuse. You I told you, I cannot. And when I go with my instinct, my instinct at the very beginning was telling me they just said you were trying to hard sell a motherfucking podcast. You're even listening to my podcast. Are you kidding me? And I'm trying to hard sell something that's fucking free. And then all of a sudden, they end up saying, oh, okay. And then all the other miscommunication starts happening. And I'm like, see, this is the sign from the universe that's telling me our signal. God damn. I already told you that they, they're just a bunch of assholes. Stop it. Hurry up and stop trying to get outer approval for this. You do based on what your instinct is telling you. And your instinct told you literally about less than a month ago to tell me to fuck right off. Come on. Hurry up and cancel this bullshit. I got something for you. And July of 2021 ended up being my most successful at that point online teaching business month of my life at that time. Now this month, I literally, it's just crazy. <laughs> and it's all about results, man. I 
have the integrity, I have the capabilities, my intent's in the right place, and I always get the results, right? And so, oh, the rant is over. But with that being said, people, I don't even know where I was going with that. But let's just keep it going. How about that? Five. What was it Franklin D. Roosevelt said? The only thing to fear is fear itself. That's the thing I'm afraid of. Still, after all these years in business, fear. Ridiculous, isn't it? But fear is an absolute killer in a presentation. Your mouth goes dry, your heart speeds up, your legs turn to jelly. In my experience, the first two minutes are usually the worst. Survive those and you're in with a chance. I wouldn't say a chance. I'd say everything will just go away because you're basically in your own thoughts. If you're fully prepared and if you stand up and you realize that these people are exactly like you, I don't give a fuck about titles, PhD, doctor, MD, fuck about any of those titles. You're a human being. You came onto this planet as a human being, just as I did. There is nothing different from you than it is from me. And so when I look at that, I don't give a damn how 20,000 people, I'm going to be like, man, I am unbelievably excited to be here today. You guys have no idea. That, and I'm going to pick my spots in the audience, as I always do. And to be honest with you, it's always us in our own thoughts, is it not? When it comes to you and fear, what fear is, that's not something that's actualized in the human psychic. It's something that we create just as we create depression rather than depression being something that literally it is like it happens to us. We end up becoming the experience of it. And this is the dangerous part about latching on to things like that, right? And so people, when it comes to fear, promoting your ideas, I cannot stress enough, based on all the crazy ass stories I gave you, I cannot stress enough how amazingly crazy my life has been, especially out here in Thailand. And now knowing that, okay, well, uh, all right, well, I know exactly who my, you know, my target is. Uh, Thai people, you're not really my target. So therefore, I really don't give a damn about you, unfortunately, but fortunately for me. And so I'm going to focus on my Latinos because they're more my target. And when I break it down in that sense, it makes everything just so much easier. And that's not the case for everyone, but it's also, you know, catastrophizing and saying, what's the worst thing that can happen standing in front of the audience, right? And this is the same thing that Les Brown had asked himself at one, at one point. He's like, man, if I fall, fall out and faint, they still have to pay me. You know, and again, that was a very funny way of putting it. But at the same time, I mean, what is the absolute worst that could happen? You know, all these NFL players and all these people that get slack for, you know, them not seeking approval and not doing things, I guess you could say, wrong by other people saying, oh, you should have done this. You should have done that. You should have done this. You can't live anyone else's life. So fuck right off. And I just think it's shocking that there are so many people out there in the world who say, no, you should live life like this and like that. No, no, you don't exist to them. Regardless of the actors, the actresses, I don't give a damn who all those people are, who those people are out there in the world, the actresses, the singers, the this, the that. You have no authority over them. Go out there and be yourself. And if they say you're too funny and you're too personable, then you know who you are. You're funny and you're personable. 
go to audiences who appreciate those qualities, not those fuck faces that don't appreciate those qualities. There are a number of countries out there who probably wouldn't even think about hosting me as a speaker in terms of TOEFL or TOEIC or this or whatever it is that I would end up speaking about because they're like, oh, well, you know, he's just too much personality for our audience. Okay, well, all the best if you find a born ass, a born ass uh, host or speaker. Because I'm just not that guy and I'm not going to conform to your reality. Oh, Arsenio, can you just be a little bit less quiet? What the fuck you mean quiet? Oh, you know, your students laugh and you laugh and, you know, it's, it, you know, it makes the other teachers. Uh, I'm like, no, it doesn't make the other teachers. Listen, the, uh, the other teachers are, you know, if they're boring, of course, they're going to be mad when they hear someone who's very, very extroverted next door having the time of his life with students who he is inspiring. I'm not going to acclimate on any terms for you and your and what you believe it is. And you know, to finish this podcast off, I was having a uh and I love it uh because I see who the people I used to work with. And I had a a wonderful, wonderful, nice little lunch with one of the women who I used to work for at the language center, the probably the most toxic environment I've ever worked with, worked in in my life by far, by far. Even Philippa Sawyer, who ran the Crow's Nest Dental uh, de Dentistry out there in North Sydney, where I worked for about two, three months, it wasn't a toxic environment. She was just the shittiest human being in the world. Imagine teachers breathing down one another's throats, trying to get dirt on one another. It was sick shit, nonetheless. And being there, and when I was there throughout this entire process, and, you know, they were telling me, oh, Arsenio, well, the teachers are saying you're too loud, you're too this, you're too that. And I'm like, I'm not going to change for anyone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And if that's the case, let me just get right on out of here. But at the same time, I want to seek approval and prove to everyone else, like, hey, you're going to have to stick with this charismatic individual right here. And I'm just very grateful because I don't have problems like that anymore and haven't in more than four years uh, because, you know, I just keep it very, very quiet. I keep to myself at the language center I've been working at for about four and a half years, almost five years. And to be honest with you, the teachers, there, I know them. And they know me and I just keep to myself. I'm cool. And my students are just unbelievable. And I love them to death because they're like my children. So with that being said, I don't have a fear of anyone. If someone looks at me wrong, you know, it's funny. I'm going to give you this last one. You're in Thailand and especially today, you know, Thai people and Thai women, Thai women, they have a tendency when they look at me, they hurry up and take a step over because apparently I have cooties. Apparently... Black people are brown people, cappuccino people, latte people, they stink. And when she, when they do this before, I used to feel like, oh my God, Thai women are so racist. But then I'm like, you know, I have no responsibility for their ignorance. If that's what they have to do, that's whoever they are. And I don't even remember their face anymore. And this is the beautiful part about life. You don't have responsibility for other people's actions. You can have only empathy. And so, you know, as I was at this massive shopping center and I'm seeing all these interesting individuals walk from all parts of life and hearing these different accents, 
you know, there were a number of people who took a step, a side step, but I don't have responsibility for them and their upbringing and their narrow-minded, myopic point of view of life, and nor should you. So with that being said, people, that's podcast over and out.